Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Late Night Family Values podcast. We've got a very special surprise for you. Our host, Aaron Orlovitz, isn't here. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, Also, this may be my last episode as uh, Leslie Falco because I moved to New York City. So to talk about anything, we have BMO once again. Hello, Late Night Family Valuers. So BMO was uh was just you were talking shit about uh my headline set. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Sure. Uh what did what didn't you like about it? For those that don't know, I headlined Wise Guys uh last night, downtown Salt Lake City. I would plug it except it just happened. And uh BMO gave me a gentleman C. That's right. Because you, you pander to the audience by not just telling them the dark darkest, bleakest stuff you could manage. Now this is uh you, we, we almost never actually talk about stand-up on this podcast, so maybe we could actually do that. Okay. Do you think, so I think, uh, how much uh, value do you give the audience's opinion of your jokes? Too I mean, much. I'm still working on ignoring the audience. Uh-huh. It, it infuriates me. I mean, I think, I started doing stand-up, and this sounds like really preachy and, uh, I don't know, lame. But I started it because I thought if you have someone who has different views than you, You'll never change anything that they believe in a debate. But if you tell a really good joke and they laugh at it, it forces them to accept that idea in like a different way. Yeah, you're right. That is pretentious. Right. Yeah, it is very pretentious. But if if that's your goal, you have to have the audience on your side. So you can't you can't alienate them. So if you're if you're telling like I feel like the best way to structure a set is to have like accessible material in the front and then you start getting darker or weirder or whatever. And then if they like it, you can continue getting darker or weirder. If they don't like it, you pull back because you always want to have the audience on your side because they're paying to laugh. Yeah. That's, that's not a good reason. <laughs> See, whereas, whereas my approach to comedy is, uh, there are a lot of people I would like to physically hurt, but I'm, uh, I'm a pussy. So I just make fun of them instead. That's a good, uh, and I think making fun of them is probably better than just beating them up. Because if you beat someone up, they may not even know why you did it. But if you make fun of them, then they know the exact yeah. reasons because you told them. And I presume I'd feel just as happy. So, <laughs> Yeah. I've never been in a fight. Have you been in a fight? Uh, not a two-sided one. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you ganged up on some poor guy? Uh, a bunch of astrophysics nerds <laughs> beat up some, uh, some Jeopardy champion because he cheated or something what was what's the story oh no i got the shit kicked out of me a lot oh, oh okay oh right <laughs> because you were because you were a nerd yeah if this were a visual podcast you'd know why um do you feel like nerds today are like a bunch of pussies because they don't have to deal because being a nerd is cool now and when you were a kid you like got beat up for it yeah i mean they stopped beating them up and now we have comic-con so that's all you need to know I feel like I completely missed the nerd train. Like, I was nerdy in middle school when being a nerd wasn't cool in, like, 2000. And then as I got older and became an adult, I stopped being nerdy. 
and started doing outdoorsy shit, and then being a nerd became cool and totally acceptable. Right. Well, you also exhibit bilateral symmetry and have some aesthetic quality about you. Let's uh, let's explain <laughs> what bilateral symmetry is for our audience and also myself. <laughs> it means you have all four of your limbs in proportion, and one eye isn't higher than the other. I see. Do you have bilateral asymmetry? Unilateral symmetry. What is it? Unilateral <laughs> symmetry, or is it? Uh, am I a cyclops? No, I'm not. A Unilateral cyclops. asymmetry. Right. What I'm saying is, you're not a misshapen troll. Right. So you had you had a choice, and you chose not to be a nerd. I see. Well, I had like huge glasses when I was until I was like I don't know high school when I got contacts. Right. Because my dad wore That's these. A- you know, I don't know if they were popular back in the day, but glasses that covered like your entire face, like what? aviators, but. Like Jacqueline Suzanne. Just clear lenses. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to look like my dad, so I wore those. So I looked nerdy as fuck when I was a kid. Yeah. When you were a kid. But high school is when you have is when you can make the change. Well, I was still like when I started high school, I was five four and ninety eight pounds. But I never really I guess I kinda got beat up when I was thirteen. That was it. But I don't think that counts as a fight if you're a kid. I think it's only a fight if you're like an adult. Oh, okay. Well then I've been in those. Yeah. Otherwise, it's I don't know. Maybe kids. I don't know. Has a kid ever died in a fight? Like a twelve-year-old? I feel like that hasn't happened. No, I'm sure that's happened. Like with like bare hands. Yeah. Or well, like you, getting pushed. Yeah, you think them. a twelve-year-old could kill another twelve-year-old? You punch someone in the neck enough, they'll die. I don't care how old they are. You think? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanna I wanna look this up. I don't think. Man, it's definitely not common. Wouldn't, wouldn't well, we hear about that, like school shootings? Like a 12-year-old beat an 11-year-old to death with his bare hands well, yesterday. Well, you see, that's what happens is they don't get beaten to death, and they come back the next day with a gun. <laughs> so the moral of the story is <coughs> finish the job. <laughs> right. No half measures. <laughs> when did – do you think uh, – I don't know. How did you become a nerd? We were just born that way. Did I become a nerd? Yeah. I blossomed. Or because you, because you were like – is it – I guess it's a chicken or the egg thing. We're – were you isolated by your peers and did that drive you into books and like getting interested in science or were you interested in science and then that made everyone reject you because you liked school and learning? Almost certainly the latter. I was an early reader. I worked in the library in elementary school. <laughs> so the die was cast. <laughs> uh, why did... Sometimes you cross the Rubicon and sometimes you just fucking fall in it. Why did you decide to study astrophysics? Because uh, I didn't like people, and there's very few people in space. Almost none. Almost none. Some, <laughs> none for a really long time. There weren't any. That's right. Almost all of human history. Right. So why didn't you want to be an astronaut? Then you could be really isolated. No, you gotta, you're surrounded by people trying to keep you alive. You don't want that. <laughs> or you're an astrophysicist. You're on the mountain alone. And you're really one ice storm away from dying. So, yeah, perfect. I care about astrophysics now after that eclipse. Yeah. That uh, that like single handedly made me interested in the stars. Yeah, fucked me up. And since uh, since I was a flat earther, I had to look into a lot of explanations as to how as to how it happened. And. Uh, any of them convincing? Yeah, yeah. The government actually uh, oh, sure. placed a, a large blimp in front of the sun, and uh, that's what uh, that's what caused it. 
a sphere, a weather sphere? Does a blimp have to be, can it be spherical? Can you have a spherical blimp? I'm not sure what the differentiation between a weather balloon and a blimp is. Probably <laughs> or a zeppelin. <laughs> zeppelin. Well, that would be a dirigible. A blimp, I believe, can be just inflated, but a dirigible has a superstructure within it. So you already fucking learned something. I know. That's my goal for the podcast is just to learn as many things as I can about uh, about astrophysics. <laughs> because my goal uh, is to sabotage the podcast so that no one listens to it anymore when I'm gone. Because then that'll make me... Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be any different than it usually yeah, is. What say. Other than the Willy Wan episode. A lot of people like that. I wish... Oh, man. I should have brought Willy Wan here again. You're indispensable to a podcast that went almost 20 episodes. <laughs> I was like 13. It's not very many. <laughs> the worse this is, the better uh, the better I can feel about leaving it. So really, I want this episode to be as bad as possible. Although watch it skyrocket after your departure. That would be that would be good too, you know? I mean, you've been holding back Orlovitz all or, this time. Yeah, I mean Orlovitz is such a loser. He's got to have something to to hang his hat on, you know? I would, I would honestly, I would be happy for him if it became super popular. I'd be like, you know what? That's awesome. You or, finally bested me at something. He emerges into full flower in your absence. You're like the anti-sun. Yep. Like uh, I'm the, the weather balloon that blocks out the sun and the eclipse. Bimmy, you got you to gotta laugh into the mic. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's just uh, Uncomfortable. It's really awkward silence where people are like, why isn't he talking? And I'm like, well. We're, we're, all, we're enjoying some delicious Aquafina. A future sponsor of Orlovitz's podcast. I'm a, I'm a water connoisseur, actually. I am, yeah. I, uh, when I'm moving somewhere, the water quality is like a factor. Oh, I, then you're going to love New York. Yeah, the water's good. What, are you being sarcastic? Yeah. It's some of the best water in the country. They say that's why the pizza's good, but that's bullshit. Yeah, one time we were, I used to make beer, and we used water from the Artesian Well on, like, 6th South and, have you ever been there? Uh No. Okay. Well, the water tastes like shit. It's, like, chlorinated or something. It tastes awful. But my friends were like, no, it's Artesian Well water. It's great. We'll keep making our beer with it. And finally, I was like, guys, this water tastes like shit. Let's do a taste test. And we'll see what tastes better, this water or tap water. So I had a positive control, which was bottled water, like Mm -hmm. reverse osmosis. Then we had tap water, filtered tap water, the well water, and then water that I had in a Nalgene that had been sitting in my car for like four weeks in summer heat. (laughs) So that was our negative control. And uh, I got everything right, except I mixed up the filtered and unfiltered tap water. So basically... uh, I know, I know my shit. Because I only pretty much drink water and like beer. So if you only drink one thing, you figure out whether or not it tastes good. Right. Yeah. That's how, that's how you're supposed to do it. Are you a water connoisseur? Uh, I mainly stick with Pellegrino. I'm trying to think of the most boring subjects possible. And water... I think you've struck... <laughs> I've struck a, it's an artesian a well. well. An artesian well of ennui. I wish Marty was here. I'll bet, I'll bet Marty would have a would have a kick ass conversation about water with us. <laughs> Marty's definitely that water that was in your car for a month. <laughs> have you ever drank uh, like Milliky water, 
like 18 mega ohms of resistance, like basically just pure H2O. It tastes like yeah. shit. I bet it does. It yeah. Flat. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. You need the minerals. Pellegrino. But how, I don't know. Future why, sponsor of whatever it's Why would the minerals, because I mean the concentration is like parts per million. Yeah. Maybe parts per thousand. But that is like enough to make it taste good. Do I have to explain how electrical impulses work in your Yeah, body? yeah, yeah. Can you? <laughs> All right. Look. I thought you were going to do it. No, you're, no. Not, you're not going to? Damn it. I only set up the bed. I'm not going to run with it. <laughs> By the way, there's over 20 years of college in this room, and most of it's mine. That's true. We're both, uh, we're both doctors. Right. We could start our own podcast called the Doctor Cast. If we had a Doctor Cast, what would it, what would it be about? Science? The uneducated? We could bring, uh, someone who, we'll bring someone who didn't graduate high school in every week. And then we'll... Isn't Sasha always here? <laughs> I know. I wanted Sasha to be on the podcast. He's over there masturbating like he, like what he usually does when, when we're recording. He's the negative control for the doctor podcast. Right. <laughs> no one cares about, uh, about PhDs. They don't, think, they don't think we're real doctors. Everyone, like most people don't even trust us. Sure. Well, when you got a problem, you go to a real doctor. But when you have a scientific problem, do you ever go to a real doctor? No. Yeah. You go, to, you go to Wikipedia. Well, I usually don't go to a real doctor anyway because I think they're just glorified technicians. Yeah. Well, when my car's fucked up, I'm taking it to a mechanic. Right. right. Yeah, but I still think I can, like, Google most things. Like, I broke uh, – I fractured my finger, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I just, you know, figured it out, used intuition, Googled some stuff, and uh, it's good to go. Like, uh, if you if you hurt yourself, there's I feel like there's two things that can happen. It's either you – like rest it or like do nothing or you get surgery. Those are like the two options. Do I want surgery? No. So why the fuck would I even go to a doctor? That's the paradox of choice. (laughs) Having been through surgery, I would prefer that than just Googling it and trying to rice out my hip. (laughs) Well, rice is a bunch of bullshit too. (laughs) Seriously. I don't, I don't follow that shit at all. It doesn't make sense. Why would you ice something? Temperature, you know this, temperature is the measurement of molecular motion. So all of the healing processes in your body require heat. If you ice it, you're slowing down all of the enzymes that can rebuild tissue. It doesn't make sense. And there's no evidence to suggest that rice even works. It's because doctors aren't scientists. I know. By the way, I'm not a medical doctor. Let me just reiterate that at this point. (laughs) The fuck is wrong with you? You ice something down to reduce the swelling because the swelling will impede the blood flow. Will it? Yes. But swelling also has lymph. It also has... Go look up compartment syndrome, you dummy. Well, I mean, swell, there's, there are like degrees. Right. Yeah. That's why you ice it. I don't, I don't know. I still don't buy it. I use the Hall strategy, which is the complete opposite of rice, which is heat, activity, lowering, and loosening. And uh, I rolled my ankle playing basketball really bad, and then directly afterwards, I hiked... Uh, Gobbler's Knob, which is like a 3,000 vertical foot hike over eight miles. and uh, Isn't that the place where most people die? It is, BMO. Where have you heard, see, where have I, you heard that before? See, I have paid attention to your set. <laughs> I appreciate that. If I was you, I wouldn't be able to pay attention to it. I can't even, I can't watch comedy anymore. Like, unless, I don't know. I like Chappelle's new thing. His double, his double set. Yeah. 
I like came into this as a comedy fan and I'm exiting it as like someone that doesn't want to watch it ever again. Well, that just proves you're in it for the attention, which is like 95% of the people who do it. Yeah. Well, I I really started it because I wanted to like overcome my stage fright. That was really for your defense. Yeah, pretty much like scientific presentations. I thought about that and then I uh, went with alcohol. <laughs> I try not to drink when I go on stage because I want to try and like overcome the nervousness like naturally. Well, it's more like I don't want to become dependent on anything because alcohol makes it easier. So if I, well, that's why a lot of comics are alcoholics. That's why I do psychedelics because you can't get addicted to them. Well, you can, but it's pretty pretty unlikely. Yeah, I, I've seen you try to try to run an open mic on mushrooms. Hey, Bimo, come on! That wasn't uh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> I more I more or less kept us on time, <laughs> which uh, which you had reduced all concept of <laughs> in your own mind. <laughs> that was. That was definitely the funnest open mic I've ever hosted. <laughs> of the three? No, I ho- I hosted the U for like oh, two okay. years. I stopped going to the U. Why would you do? Why, Bimo? Was it the low turnout? Was it because was it because college kids can't handle humor anymore? Because PC culture has has ruined jokes, like Jerry Seinfeld said. It was mainly because I couldn't figure out where to park. Yeah, that's. I gave you a beautiful map. You map stars for a living, but you can't. You can't. Uh, Look like Harold. Harold and read. the Purple Crown had a stroke. <laughs> That's a deep cut for our 1960s listeners. <laughs> Bemo's references. I should really have uh, like how Joe Rogan has some guy that like Google shit for him. Uh-huh. I need a guy that Google's the reference and then explains what you just said and why it's funny. <laughs> Genius explained. Yeah. I'm like if Dennis Miller never lost his fucking mind and sense of humor. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish that that hall story. So I I climbed this mountain on my foot and it swelled up like insanely huge and I couldn't put any weight on it for like a week and then I went on a a kayak trip and still like was hobbling around but I could put it in my kayak because you're not like moving your ankle at all and then uh, at the end of that trip it was like eighty percent better. And then a week after that, uh, it was like 95% better. I went to New York, biked all around the city, like walked everywhere. It was that, fine. That's because... So two weeks to heal a pretty fucked up sprained ankle by completely going against medical conventions. Right. But you put your foot in a kayak, which is the rest. The water's cold, which is the ice. You're crammed in a you kayak, really... which is compression. <laughs> and whenever you went up on a swell, you had elevation. So you were fucking rising it, weren't you? <laughs> Um, well, it was July, so the water wasn't very cold. Also, they're closed that kayak, so water doesn't really get in the boat. So there wasn't really any cold temperatures going in the boat. As for compression, I didn't wrap it in anything, so it was just sitting there. Elevation, debatable. Also, elevation, you're decreasing blood flow. Yeah, it's the swelling part. I know, but why, is there scientific evidence that swelling is bad? No. (laughs) All right. So you're agreeing with me. I told you. I'm not that kind of doctor. Right. Yeah, yeah. So then you agree with me, though. No. I would never do that. <laughs> I have my principles, but the first one is never do you think, fucking do you think swelling does, swe- <laughs> does swelling even impede blood flow? I don't think it does. Yeah, it does. Like I said, look up compartment syndrome. 
Well, isn't that like like elephantitis? There's like degrees. You know, there's like therapeutic swelling, and then there's like a disorder. For sure. One is acute and one is chronic. Right. Here we go. Just like his set last night, we're going to spend three minutes while he looks at the <laughs> up on his phone. This is the for, silence uh, you're enjoying for, right for, now. <laughs> this is the silence we all share. Compartment syndrome is a condition in which increased pressure within one body's compartments. Wow, this Wikipedia article does not have correct grammar. I told grammar. you, when someone so doesn't know what they're doing, they look up Wikipedia like a fucking moron. Wikipedia is pretty good. It's mostly good. Yeah. What? Okay, what would you do? It's better than whatever... Go to the library. Some fucking... Bl- <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> look, I used to work in it. I know how the library works. Yeah, so pressure within a body compartment that results in insufficient blood supply to tissue. So, I mean, yeah, it depends on the the degree of swelling, which typically, like, your body should know not to swell to the point where it would restrict blood flow. Ask Miles O'Brien. With a a wound. Like a a normal, healthy person. Yeah, well. Also, how about about this? If uh, If you have less swelling... Right, and then you have a bunch of like inflammatory cytokines from injury to the tissue. A smaller volume increases the concentration of inflammatory agents. If you have more swelling, you have more total volume, so that's actually more diluted. How about that, huh? You wrap your mind about around that one, Bimo. <laughs> I understand what you're saying because I I speak more on. <laughs> you're talking about the gross density and not the local density. Oh, we're talking about uh, like like the specific like wound site. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think swelling's good. Obviously, blood flow super critical. That's why ACLs take like eight Ooh. months to heal. MCLs wait, take wait, wait, two months. Wait. Yeah, uh, I just felt a listener kill himself. <laughs> that brings you down to three. <laughs> this is the worst. This is Demo. The better it is. That's why I'm an asshole in real life. So when I die, no one cares because I don't want to. Well, I'm I'm way ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, there's only three subjects I'm an expert on: astrophysics, Jeopardy, and everything else. So you could be, we could be talking about anything. All right, um, except for sports. Fuck! I was just gonna I was just gonna talk about why water kayaking. <laughs> As we explained, you basically go to rice by proxy. Right. Like kayak. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I wish, uh, like, medical science was better. Like rice. Like, there's no reason why, why we shouldn't have put more research into that. Why? Some guy named Rice came up with it. Now he lives. <laughs> if you had some guy named Hall, he's obviously losing the battle. No, Hall's going to be, it's going to revolutionize things. I just need to publish a study. I need to sprain a bunch of ankles and then uh, use the use the Hall technique and the Rice technique and then see which one is better. You're going to end up with the Rice-Hall technique and people are just going to be so confused they're going to die. <laughs> which would be the best thing that we could do for, our, right. for our country and the earth. That's right. Malthusian catastrophe. Yeah. Do you think, oh yeah, I guess part of, like, if we had less total fossil fuels, that would probably be the best thing 
for climate change, wouldn't it? Sure. If we were going to run out in like five years, because then half the population would die because we wouldn't be able to make enough food. Right, but water's going to be the new artificial. Oil, so I wouldn't worry about it. Like water world. No, the inverse. <laughs> there could be any water anywhere. Or do you know a lot about uh, meteorology? Of course, yeah. you know you're an expert on everything. More, yeah. Uh, how, like, how would we run out of fresh water? Is that possible? If like the mountain shrink, because there's always going to be. Well, it's like here, there's always going right? to be evaporation, which turns into clouds, which then you get rainfall. Yeah, but where? Right. If there's less less land, there's less. I mean, here you have the orographic flow over mm-hmm. the mountains and leads to snow, and snow melts. Right. But if you reduce that by half over ten years, you have California. Right. Is what happened there. Uh huh. So yeah, you can have inclusion of salt water into the fresh water, so that's not drinkable anymore. You can mm-hmm. change your weather pattern so you don't get. Snow in the well, how can you get inclusion of salt water into fresh water? The uh, sea level is ask Florida. I mean, they have sinkholes. They have sinkholes for it's a so, reason because they're oh, it it, it, uh, it seeps into the the groundwater. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then the estuaries they get saltier as you go up when the sea levels rise. Yeah. Right. Well, then yeah, then it's like a land area thing. But I mean, a river should always have fresh water because. If it's flowing into the ocean, it depends it's on who's manufacturing from. what upstream. <laughs> yeah, like the the Animas when the EPA and the mine fucked that yep. up, and there was a bunch of toxic. Yep, or just Flint. Yeah, the river's still flowing, just <laughs> leaching lead out of your pipes they haven't replaced in a century. <laughs> I think. I wanted to do ICPS and ICPMS analysis on my water because it tastes really bad. And I wonder, like, I guess, were there lead pipes? Oh, yeah, there were lead pipes in Flint, obviously. Mm-hmm. When did, uh, how do they check? Like, if I move into an apartment, how do I know what the pipes are made of? Uh, you have no idea. Oh, that's, yeah, you're going to New York City? Yeah, don't worry, uh, there's too much lead in the paint. I wouldn't worry about the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a harbor for intellectualism, so... It's got to be uh, parts of it. Something yeah. in the water. <laughs> Did you know New York is one of the most segregated cities? Oh, sure. In the U.S. Oh, for for public yeah. schools. There's a. Uh, I can't remember the name of the city planner, but there was a real son of a bitch who was in charge of uh, city planning in New York City in the 20s and 20s to the 60s. And uh, famously, there's all these city parks that have wrought iron fences. And he had all these different things on the wrought iron fences. And in the park in the black neighborhood, he put monkeys on them. <laughs> isn't, this, isn't this a lovely a lovely country we live in? There's a book about him. What do you think, what do you think the cutoff is for being racist, age-wise? Age-wise? Uh... You mean up or down? <laughs> up. Yeah, you know, like just, if a dude's like, ah, oh, he's just old. You just he's allowed to. He's allowed to say racist shit. I'd say two years before you go into hospice, because all the nurses there are minorities. <laughs> and it will speed his death. You got it right. <laughs> give him a good two years to think he's on top of the world, and then see who's on bedpan duty. Uh, yeah, my dad, uh, my dad's pretty racist. He's 72. I don't know. I mean, the guy who emails you from a Jewish named... Jerry Lowenstein. Jerry Lowenstein. Yeah. <laughs> he, 
He's uh he he loves Jews though. My dad like continue well cuz he's like you know he went to seminary and all that shit and he like he still believes the Jews are God's chosen people so I think part of it is he thinks like the fact that the Jews do well in society is like proof that the Bible was right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had to be right about something just out of chance it might as well have been that. Yeah, my favorite uh example of how he loves Jewish shit is uh he's always like hated Middle Eastern anything and I love like shawarma a lot of Middle sure. Eastern food and uh my dad's like oh how do you eat that stuff it's gross so then I went to this place that was Israeli which is the same food shawarma right. I got shawarma pita sandwiches which could have been from Lebanon or like any other country around there and he's like Oh, this is Israeli food. This is great. This is this is so good. Before 1945, it was Middle Eastern food, <laughs> and now, it's yeah. So I I really want to do uh, I want to do an experiment where I go to like a Lebanese place and I just tell him that I got it from the Jewish place <laughs> and then see what he says. Ha! Huh, you like Lebanese food now? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the PLO. What's PLO? Jesus Christ. Uh, you re- you remember uh, there was some there were some terrorist incidents against is- Israel uh, going back in the as far back as the seventies. Uh huh. That was the PLO. Okay. What does it stand for? Palestinian Liberation Organization. Oh, okay, okay. There we go. Not to be confused with the PFLP or Hamas or the IRA. The IRA. <laughs> uh, we need Look, more. The IRA have a legitimate grievance. <laughs> I think we need because you're Irish. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, sort of half English, Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Dr. Lowenstein's <laughs> diligent work. Oh my God. My dad was an atheist until he was 36 and then he just oh, the, converted to Christianity by reading the Bible. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I mean, there is insufferable, insufferable who will go the other way. Uh, Except he has the uh, he doesn't have the virtue of being right. Yeah, that's like I don't know. I have trouble thinking about that because I mean that could happen to me. Yeah, you could you could have a brain aneurysm and all of a sudden become stupid and right. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter what happens because nothing matters. That's right. That's what's I don't know. Realizing that nothing matters is so relaxing. Whenever I get stressed, I just, for five seconds, like, focus on how my life is inherently meaningless and everyone's going to forget that I ever existed and everyone's going to die and nothing means anything. And then I just, it, like, totally brightens up my day. Yeah. And then and I'm like, oh. four billion years, the sun's going to swell up and swallow the earth. <laughs> and I cannot for the life of me figure out how to speed that up. <laughs> is that why you went into astrophysics? <laughs> That's one reason. <laughs> as soon as I crack that chestnut. <laughs> It would be pretty cool if uh, humanity was wiped off the planet. Well, probably, what do you think? What what would the over-under be on humanity wiping itself out? Uh, have you read the news? You think 50 years? 100 years? I think 50's optimistic. You think 50's optimistic? Yeah, 30. Oh, I my give it God. About 30. No way. Yeah. No way. There's not going to, everyone won't 50, die. If 50, I won't get to see it. If it's 30... <laughs> You just want to hold on to see the demise of civilization. Got the Jamaican nurse wheeling me out to the park once a day. 
You might. Are you are you like a healthy guy? Do you eat like healthy exercise ever? No. Well, I walked to the train station on the way here. That's yeah. That's the sum total of my exercise. Because <laughs> I think uh, our generation, if we don't get diabetes, I think I'll live to be a hundred if I don't like die of some sort of accident. You'll die in the first wave. Living in New York City. <laughs> I'm only living there like a month and a half. Just enough time to... <laughs> to crater. <laughs> to say I did it. Right. That's actually, yeah, that's going to be my first bit. It's like, uh, how many people here uh, moved here just to say they gave it a shot? <laughs> <laughs> the real losers are the ones who grind for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Just fail. Or yeah, that's like a like a science thing. Fail faster. Yeah, there's like stickers that say that. That's what I want to do. I want to fail rapidly. Well, I'll tell you one thing: Michael Gladwell's ten thousand hour thing is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, ten thousand hours didn't prove anything. Yeah, other than uh, you know maybe you wasted ten ten thousand hours doing something that you were fucking shitty at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Dunning Kruger effect is scary. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, it's uh, essentially that. The skills required to be good at something also require skills to determine your abilities in that thing. So if you're bad at something, you're also generally bad at gauging your own abilities. So you're basically destined for failure and you're unaware of that failure due to the condition. The title of the academic paper is Unskilled and Unaware of It. Okay. And it correlates. Yep. Yeah, and you like, you can't know, right? Yeah, I can't think of any uh, obvious presidential case that would show that the Dunning-Kruger effect is <laughs> indeed paramount. <laughs> oh. I don't know, man. I think uh, I think Trump's doing doing great. Has he passed anything seriously horrible yet, or is it just a lot of threats of things that he is trying to get done? Well, he keeps threatening North Korea. That's probably not a good idea. Right. But in terms of actual, like, documented, like, what has he done? What has Trump accomplished in terms of bills, legislation, anything? Or is it too early in a a presidency for that stuff to happen? Well, he's kind of uh, ruining the fuck out of DACA. Right. That's not good. So did he already, like, cancel it? Well, it doesn't. Well, I mean, ICE is going nuts. They're just they're arresting people visiting their children in hospitals. So I think that's different enough to count as a as a loss. Okay. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, fortunately, the shitlords in the Senate can't get their can't get anything together for him to sign. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm glad Trump is president instead of Pence because he's more incompetent, so less likely to execute things successfully due to his political ignorance. Yeah, he's not a he's not a true believer in the uh, fundamentalist sense like Pence. Right. But, I think it's better... But starting Armageddon because you're a shitlord instead of starting it because you want you want to see Heavenly Father. I don't really see... That's a distinction without a difference, <laughs> really. Right. Different motivations with the same outcome. You think he'll win again? Of course. This country? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you won't even need the Russians this time. <laughs> Who are the Democrats going to get? 
Christ. Uh, yeah, bring back Carrie. What the hell? Might as well lose with a with a documented loser. <laughs> what about Al Gore? You think uh, you think he has a shot? Uh, no, because he screwed up his marriage. Why do he, people? He'd have to run as a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like really know very little about politics. I just think drugs should be legal. People should be allowed to marry whoever they want. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm kind of against polygamy, but just on theory. You know, I think... Just just ruin your own life and one other person's life. Don't make a habit out of it. So I was just talking to my friends about this. I think a polygamy law would actually be good in Utah because, like Willie was saying, the single mothers can apply for welfare and tax benefits because they're technically single mothers, single parents. So we're actually giving polygamous families welfare because polygamy is illegal. So if we made polygamy legal, we would actually... Like, Utah would have more money. No, that doesn't make any sense. How does it not make sense? Because they're single mothers now, because they're not legally wed. Right. So they can already apply for... No, no, no. My point is we don't want them to get welfare benefits. Oh, well, that's good. That's all we need is more stupid and educated. They're already going to be stupid and educated. They're raising a polygamist cult. No, here's what you do. Uh, you put um, Depra Provera in the water. <laughs> Anyone who drinks out of a well, just dump it down there. Sterile, boom. I agree with that. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've like had that idea about, uh, like, you know, using science for a greater good, like yeah. sterilizing large areas of the population. This is how, that's how Planned Parenthood started, was, uh, yep. What's your face? Why, was a eugenicist that's why all the and wanted to control like Italian and Jewish populations. Oh, it's even worse than that because uh, the person. All right, so you had Margaret Sanger, and then the yeah, other person name. who started Planned Parenthood. Uh, one of her admirers and funders was the guy who created Wonder Woman, who had his own situation where he was married to someone and had a live-in mistress, and they all lived as they basically lived as a polygamous cult, or at least bigamous. So it all. So the success of the Wonder Woman movie is actually uh, a backdoor into eugenics. <laughs> Enjoy that, nerds. I mean, I feel like eugenics is the only way we're going to evolve now because we've completely ruined natural selection. Why? Just the only way because anyone can... can go to Seven Eleven and get a loaf of bread. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it depends on what you're choosing, what you're what you're selecting for, and that's where the problem comes in. Right. Sexual selection is the only thing we have left. Yeah. That's why uh, people should be really careful about who they mate with. They really shouldn't mate at all, which is why right. I respect you, BMO. That's why and you're one of the people that should have had kids. Mm, no. Did you, ever, did you ever want to think no. about it? Nope. Don't like them. I don't enjoy it. It's effort wasted. It's a money trap. Not a fan. Do you have nephews or nieces? Yeah. What do you need? What do you need I've, money for? I, know, I, have, I have enough genetic material out there, <laughs> not of my own, but uh-huh. if, if you count up the percentage of DNA, it's all covered with my nieces and nephews. Yeah, it's not that much though. That's enough. Twenty. What is it? Siblings share fifty percent. No, no, no. Is it? Yeah, fifty yeah, percent genetic. Yeah. One hundred and eighty. So then their kids would be twenty five percent. All right, yes, yeah, so if you have, like, four nieces, you have, like... No, I have two nieces. Well, no, your son would only be 50% too. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So if you have if you have two nieces, that equals one child. But then it's different. It could be like I mean, it's it's random, right? You could have a brother who's right. like less than fifty percent. Well, it's all random. Like That's two <laughs> percent. Do you think there is oh, a oh. another listener just committed? <laughs> we're the this is the environmentally friendly episode. That's right. We're uh, we're helping we're reducing the carbon footprint <laughs> one suicide at a time. No, you there goes seen, another one. Yeah, you ever seen the first five minutes of Idiocracy? I think that explains. Yeah, I wish that movie was executed better. So do I. It was a great concept, but, oh, man. It was almost like a, like, an ironic film. Like, a stupid movie about how stupid people will take everything over. Right. And it only took 10 years, and I think in the movie it was 50. (laughs) (sighs) What's up, Sasha? How you doing? You want to hop on a mic? All right, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get Sasha on here. The number of years of college have not changed. This is uh, this is probably gonna be one of our least entertaining episodes, and uh, and I'm happy about it. I feel like Sasha, if we if we go out on a fizzle, it's gonna make well, I'm gonna make Aaron it's look. All my fault, yeah. I'm, no, no, no. I'm gonna make Aaron look really good, right? And everyone's gonna be like, "Oh man, Falco was the one that was holding the podcast back," so I'm gonna. Set it up for success. It's like a slingshot. I'm pulling it all the way down, and then when I let go, it's going to just skyrocket to the stars. <laughs> it could. It very well could, especially if they use some work ethic and have drive for the podcast. Well, unfortunately. Because I'm not sure you did. <laughs> well, I had a lot more work ethic. <laughs> yeah. He was carrying it. <laughs> I'm thinking of it more in the cosmological sense, uh, where the universe expands forever, and then it eventually reaches a heat death. And I think that's what this is. This is the heat death. All right. The late night yeah, yeah. Willie was the uh, the red giant. <laughs> and Here's then the supernova. The that supernova. Led to the creation <laughs> of the solar system. Um, can we do? I don't know. Does the phone does the phone work? It's not as good, right? The sound, I can turn it off. Yeah, we can. Whatever. Do that. Who the hell yeah, are you gonna I could uh, I could record from New York City. Oh, oh I totally. thought you were going to call someone and <laughs> just call random people. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would be down to do that. Then no. I could finally do that thing where <laughs> I, I I came to this room to avoid people. I don't want to bring them in. Anything you want, Leslie, we can do for you. We can send you remote gear so you have your own gear throughout the Alps and oh shit, at, yeah, your brothels you I go can record to. In a, I can record a podcast from a. I can't. I don't think I can. Like, it's hard for me to do a thing with just one person. I think. It's not as fun. It's more challenging too. Yeah, it is. You have to try harder. Yeah, and trying. You don't like this do is. Well. well, we talked about this the last time you were here. Like I've, I'm, I'm able to be happy because I'm able to like wipe my brain of thoughts like 95 percent of my life. But also that means, like I say a lot of dumb shit, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like uh, eloquent, or like, exactly. <laughs> I think you proved your point. <laughs> Thank now you. that you have no schooling, you have zero responsibility. This could be a problem for you. Really, a lot. A big reason why I got a PhD is because it's a license to be a fucking idiot. Because the dumber I am in regular life, the smarter people assume I must be at science. <laughs> like, this dude can barely function. He must be an idiot savant. <laughs> 
Well, you're going to be missed. like BMO's social skills over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely presenting my doctorate right now. You know, I think part of uh, the social anxiety in academia is based around the assumption that we don't have social skills. Because I think everyone has some level of social anxiety, and we can overcome it and be, like, cordial to each other and form conversations. Like, everybody can do that. It's just more work for some people than others. But when everyone expects you to be socially retarded, it just perpetuates that stereotype, and then no one gives a shit because they're like, oh, well, I'm a professor, so... We just uh, we just don't have those social skills. Yeah, but socially just... socially adept people are almost entirely stupid. So it's basically a feedback loop at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think dumb people have created a universal city so that they can have something to do on this planet because most really brilliant people are weak um, body wise, and they wouldn't survive if it was, you know, a fair planet. So you, they had to create a system to. Enslave cultures and ex- enslave uh, hyper-masculine human beings. I don't know. A lot of athletic people are fucking dumb. That was his point. Yeah, oh. but they would. They would. But <laughs> they athletic would be, people are dumb. Smart people. And, but are they would have total breeding control if all things were fair. I would think. Yeah, and then they get eaten by a rhinoceros, or we wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'm like mediocre at everything. Gentlemen, mediocre, mediocre intelligence, are. mediocre athleticism. So, what made you stick to get a PhD? Because that is tremendously difficult. Writing a thesis is very difficult. It's more tenacity. It's more inertia. You have to come up with something else to do. That's what happened to me. <laughs> I had my chance to escape when I got my terminal master's, and I went, "Okay, fine. <laughs> get a PhD now." It was another eight years of my life. I always found school a lot of fun, though. I thought it was fun to be challenged intellectually. I thought it was stimulating with all the hot young women around me. Uh-huh. I but how come you're still such a fucking dumbass? We're talking about graduate <laughs> school here. Okay, I get it. Yeah, what's your point? You know, I did a lot of college, and I was accepted to graduate school, but I chose not to. Then you would have noticed that the number of hot women walking around <laughs> was basically all you saw between your office and the library. That's enough to motivate me. <laughs> Actually, there are some there are some sexy girls in bioengineering, pharmaceutical chemistry. Yeah, but you never see them because you're always working. That's the thing. I didn't work very much. Well, <laughs> I, I think we struck a- on your problem. <laughs> BMO, there are a lot of people who work really hard and don't get results. So I'd rather not work hard and not get results than work hard and not get results. <laughs> Working hard isn't a guarantee to success. So, No, it certainly isn't. Yeah. Well, there's good money after bad, and then there's just, I don't have any money. So that's you. I got I got money to blow on it traveling for a while. I kind of hope you fall down a ravine and they get swallowed up by a glacier <laughs> like that Italian guy 7,000 years ago. They can thaw you out and go, well, not much has improved. <laughs> that would be That would be cool. One of my friend's friends got struck by lightning climbing the Matterhorn in the Alps, and, uh, she wasn't even sad about it because it's just like, Jesus Christ, what a badass way to die. Like, <laughs> like if that happened, fuck it. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter because, you know, nothing means anything anyway. But if I get struck by lightning, that'd be sick. Hit by a satellite. Falling into a glacier. My fear is dying on something, like, lame. Like, 
I don't know. Like an airplane from San Diego to New York City? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, but if it's like a terrorist attack, you know. It won't be. It'll I know. Just be the pilot's drunk and the iPad <laughs> ran out of juice and he had tried to land in Minnesota. <laughs> would, uh, would you go to graduate school again? If you could redo your whole life, what would you Would you do the exact same thing school-wise? No. Fuck no. What would you do? Do computer science, which we're going to do when I, because that's all I do now. Yeah. So I'd have a degree in it. That's what I probably would have done too. That's what I was going to do until Mr. Bright Eyes decided, well, I don't want to sit in front of a computer all day. I'll study <laughs> astronomy. Isn't it funny? That's what everyone says. Everyone says, uh, I, don't, I don't want a desk job. Yeah. Like 99% of every job results in you being at a desk. In, in my defense, when I started, it was glass plates. And now it's all computers. Yeah. Computers sucked back in the day, too, because they made you study DOS and all this stupid shit that uh-huh. took all the fun out of computers. Well, it's funny in like chemistry, people say, oh, I like it because I'm not behind a desk all the time. And then eventually everyone fucking hates doing experiments so much. They just want to be behind their desk. Right. Well, eventually you got to write the paper. Mm-hmm. So Which what's is next for you then? Um, I'm going to move to New York City. You're 25? My age? Yeah. No, I'm 30. Oh, you're that old? Yeah, I'm pretty old. I'm going to move to New York City for a month and a half, just enough time to build momentum and then quit and lose it all. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go to Europe for a couple weeks, Southeast Asia, maybe Australia until March. Then I'm going to come back here for maybe a week or a few days. Then I'm going to kayak the Grand Canyon. And that's all I figured out. How are you going to pay for yourself? I saved money in college. Okay. okay. Yeah. My rent was... Super cheap, so. Is it a little old to be doing this at 30? Is this something a 23-year-old man should have done? Yeah, I should have done it when I was 23, but I didn't, so I'm doing it now. Okay. No, you would have climbed the Matterhorn and got struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do any of that shit when I was 23. I say you're in that hinterland where it's like, I'm not quite ready to die, and I'm smart enough to know all the ways I could. Right. So this is the sweet spot. This is when you want to do it. Yeah. Hey, thanks, BMO. That makes me feel good. No, I'm happy for you. I think it's important to say... Fuck everything I've done for my life and just leave it alone. A lot of people do that. Yeah, totally. I think I just am so attracted to bad ideas. So, uh... <laughs> so next year, then what are you going to do in terms of getting a career? And I'm a you're going to be high, I'm a step by step the... guy. All I can all I can see I can barely see to next March. <laughs> you're going to join the fucking Merchant Marines, Edge Ward. <laughs> No, I think I want to be a professor that teaches at a liberal arts school. Like get summers off. College? Huh? Like Westminster College? Yeah, like Westminster or something like that. Don't teach Westminster. I probably won't, but something like that. What's wrong with Westminster? It's four blocks from my house. I don't need your shit there. Oh, my God, Bimo, Come on. <laughs> I'm in, like, the top 1% of people you like in society. I know. So imagine how <laughs> I feel. <laughs> All the time. I think you'd be a great professor because you have a sense of humor. Hey, thanks, Sasha. And you're articulate. It's nice to have someone that likes me every once in a while. I'm just kidding. I feel like you're being disingenuous, no, no, no. and if you're not talking shit about me, I don't trust you. <laughs> uh, very little shit to talk about. I think, I think I could be a decent professor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, if I work hard enough, but uh, I like the challenge. Like Making boring shit interesting to kids who don't care about it is like an interesting challenge, and I think I could like trying to overcome that, that. Too. would you date yeah. your female students um it depends on how hot they are not where not while they're in the class 
Really? Yeah. You don't want to lose tenure. <laughs> I like yeah, how Sasha is like completely surprised. Yeah. Really? You don't want to blow your sinecure over that. Right. At least not until I get tenure. Right. <laughs> and still lose tenure. Can you? Don't, don't, you got to check out that moral turpitude clause. Okay. What is that? What is banging uh, your students? What about what about fired. like Bill Clinton? Like what about a hand job? Where is the where is the line? <gasps> if so, you'd have to be it a depends on professor the definition to, to uh, get away with that, right? I don't think the hard. What about a, what about a morality professor or like <laughs> <laughs> teach by counterexample? Uh, this is uh, this is my class on uh, age and relationships <laughs> and uh, power power discrepancies. See, I was doing uh, I was doing a think piece <laughs> with uh, with my students where it's kind of a lab, if you will. We're going to cover uh, free love for the next five weeks. <laughs> I could start my whole own university based on that. I think you'd get a lot of students. I don't know, man. I don't think I'd want to fuck students. What are they? What are we going to talk about? They don't know. They don't know shit. I'm teaching them. They have nothing to offer. I agree. They smell good, though. They smell good. And they're young and supple. <laughs> and they're eager, you know, to to be accepted. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad that you aren't a professor. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I think we've covered power dynamics. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, like, surprise myself with my morality. <laughs> Everyone's surprised at whatever passes for morality from you. Oh, I would never, I would, you could have told me if you lined you up with 50 random strangers, I never would have thought you were the one that was anti-drug. You don't seem like you're that type of person. Who the hell said he was anti-drug? I'm anti-weed. Yeah, he's anti-weed. and Well, that's, that's just being choosy. I mean, I'm anti-heroin. I still drink like a fish. <laughs> but he puts himself on a pedestal when it comes to talking about men who drink and smoke weed and do. Yeah, everyone and... treats their vices like virtues. You're not, you're not being probative here. He's just, he just likes taking LSD, so he does that. Right. Yeah, and then you justify your own right. decisions, and then you try and really, like, I think uh, there isn't much logic to what we do. We do the things that we like, and then we explain why afterwards. Like yeah. music. You can't really explain why you like the music you like. You can try, but it's mostly bullshit. You just it sounds good to you. Right. There isn't really like rationale to it. You don't actually have to defend your choice. I actually realized that on a trip once. I was doing ayahuasca on a beach in San Diego and uh I was so my impetus for that trip, I'd just gotten a bunch of poison ivy and I was like I was new to psychedelics I was, and I'm I, gonna smoke this poison ivy. <laughs> No, I was wondering if I could control my allergic response with psychedelics. I'm like, could I access, like, my autonomic nervous system by tripping? And uh, the realization for that trip was like, no, dumbass. This isn't a fucking magic pill that allows you to, like, unlock a secret to your body. Yeah, You just like doing psychedelics like some people like smoking weed. You're not any better than those people. This is just the drug that you like. But since then, I forgot that message, so... Become hyperjudgmental once again. You've reminded yourself through microdosing. I don't microdose. Microdosing is for pussies. I agree. Go big or go home. <laughs> unless you have uh, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Unless you have cluster headaches, it works for cluster headaches. Okay. But yeah, I agree. 
Are you ever going to do psychedelics? Probably not. I don't. I don't need to unlock the doors of perception. I think you should. Those doors are there for a fucking reason. I threw away the key. I don't know. You could. You could handle it, Bimo. Eh, maybe when I'm seventy. When yeah. The, when yeah. the war starts. Yeah. <laughs> that would. Yeah. If you're about to die, it would well, like sure. it would yeah. help you handle mortality. A lot well, of times when I've me from it. <laughs> a lot of times when I've tripped like a whitewater kayak or something like that when I'm tripping, and I'll think about how I could die doing it, and then it's just complete peace about it. Like I might die doing this, and that would totally be fine. So you'll do shrooms, river rafting, uh, kayaking, yeah. Probably, wow. I probably should have taken some of that in my rock climbing days. I'm like, why the fuck am I? Doing uh, this? I've only done that once. It is really <laughs> cool to climb when you're tripping. That's like pretty safe though if you're on top rope, right? And then the rocks, you're just like feeling this yeah. rock. <laughs> you and me, rock. Like, we're one entity right now. Let us not hurt each other, Rock. <laughs> uh, well, this was a uh, this was a solid, solid C minus anti climax <laughs> to your podcasting career, which lasted slightly longer than your stand up career. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a professional comedian right now. It's right. It's my it's my only source of income. Breaking in zero dollars. Well, actually, you just made. You just That's made right, job. baby. That's right, baby. Probably making uh, maybe averaging like eighty bucks a month. It's pretty solidly livable, right there. Maybe uh, maybe a hundred bucks a month. There's a couple of comics in. When town I go to uh, <laughs> when I go to Indonesia, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, you must be so rich! A <laughs> hundred dollars a month." <laughs> Are you going to do open mics in Europe and Asia? Uh, if I can find them, I don't know if. In Australia, I know in that London, would be too. interesting. London's Actually, good. I know there was a dude from Australia that came to Wise Guys a little bit ago. Jim Jeffries. <laughs> yep. Jim. No, he's like a like a open micer oh. guy. But yeah, I'll hit him up. Are you doing both coasts, or are you just doing western of Australia? Yeah, uh, probably just the northeast. I don't know. I'm not. I haven't planned this, Bimo. I bought two plane tickets. Well, where does the, the second woman? one go? Melbourne? Canberra? Uh, no. Germany. I have a ticket to New York and then a ticket to Germany. Oh, and everything you don't have, else you don't is, have the Australians. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have right. anything else. How exciting. Yeah. I hate planning so much. Planning. Really? It's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> that was... When you have no plans, you're just always surprised. It's the best. <laughs> it's good when you are when you break your leg hiking in the Alps, your bones sticking out. That lack of planning is really going to kick in. Actually, I'm pretty I'm pretty well prepared when I do stuff. I've like had enough bad experiences that now I like have like pretty much everything you should have when you're doing stuff. One of the guys that I go mountaineering with, his brother got a compound fracture on his leg like 20 miles in some canyon. Mm-hmm. They were climbing some peak in Idaho and they had to like carry him out over 24 hours. I would have left. And him. he got to keep his leg. Oh. You would have left your brother. Fuck yeah. Someone had a mountain bike that they let him use, so he was mountain biking on a broken leg. And I guess the trail was like pretty technical, so he has one leg, so he just had to keep eating shit on like his good leg, so he wouldn't continually mess up the other one. And uh, the doctors, which you know, we just spent an hour talking about how they don't know anything, but they think that his leg was probably saved because it was a compound fracture. Otherwise, the blood flow 
compartmentalization, which I still don't believe in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Allowed him to keep his leg. So uh, if you get a serious broken leg and you have to be around for like 20 hours, just fucking cut it open. Let was all it the blood flow Was it his femur or was it lower? I think it was his uh, fibia, tibia. Fibula? Tib- fibia, tibula? Fibula. I fibula, think you can go 20 hours tibia. without a broken leg and live. Or with a broken, <laughs> below the knee. I think I've gone uh, gone my whole life without a broken leg. Sorry. And I've made it. Fuck both of you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Those are in- this is your last chance to milk me for knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to that hand job. BMO, uh, BMO, what's the meaning of life? We, I think we've covered that. There isn't one. There we go, everybody. Words of wisdom. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back with some sort of iteration where we'll drift off into the meaningless void forever. Lost in a meaningless meaningless existence. Another podcasting tombstone from Salt Lake City. 